Hey there, welcome to Heart Rate, the podcast where we talk to everyday runners, hear their stories, and learn what moves them. I'm Coach Nick. And I'm Coach Andy. Thanks for stopping by. Hey everyone, welcome to Heart Rate. Uh, we have a wonderful guest today, Melissa Mizell. Hi uh, everyone. <laughs> I have known her for s- several years now. I met her through November Project, which is where I met most of the people so far who have been on, on this podcast. Um, she is great. Uh, she is good friends with my wife, Terry. Uh, they've known each other for even longer. Um, but uh, I am happy to have her on the, the show pot, pot I don't know what this is called um so welcome Melissa thank you for being here thank you thanks for having me all right so this is a really just a chance sort of to get to know you uh a little bit better and talk about some of your running and where you started and what your experience has been uh, from when you first started out to you know joining NP and like you know sort of growing your community of runners and fit fitness people um, that have hopefully been very supportive uh, as you've been on your journey. Sound good? Sounds great. All right. <laughs> so just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, where are you from? What do you do? Uh, and then in terms of running, do you have a preference for the road or the, uh, the trail? Ooh, okay. Well, my name is Melissa. Uh, I am currently a uh, event producer for fashion brands. Um, and previously to that, and I guess still sort of alongside of it, but, uh, accidental career change, I'm a trained lighting designer. So I have my, my master's in lighting design for theater, opera, live events, and that sort of thing. Um, I still do that, but just not quite as much as I used to, uh, back in the day. And, kind of made a little career change and but enjoy both still. Um, where am I from? I'm from a little bit all over. I mostly grew up in Connecticut. Uh, my family moved around quite a bit when I was really young, but once we, we settled there when I was about six, uh, been there ever since, but grew up in New York and Mississippi, back North Carolina, back to Mississippi and then Connecticut. So oh, you've been uh, all over. <laughs> we are uh, we are an IBM family, so <laughs> they like to move uh, the families around quite a bit. Once we hit Connecticut, though, my dad was really good about um, trying to keep us there. My, our family, his family was in New York. Uh, my mother's side of the family was in New York, so the closer we could be, the better. So he kept changing jobs uh, and getting moved around, but we stayed. Okay. So, yeah. And then do you prefer to run on the road or the trail? I... Do you have a preference? I don't have, I have a fear of trails, okay. but I love them. <laughs> so, so I love hiking. Hiking is my absolute happy place. Um, and so being in the woods and being, or more specifically recently, at least hiking in the desert is oh. an absolute, like that is, that is where I find peace. That is where I find, uh, where my brain slows down, uh, where I can, uh, get clarity and just be with the nature around me. So I absolutely love hiking. And so I, I have been trying to love trail running, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I fear it because I am a uh, very injury prone. And so mm-hmm. I'm really good at tripping on things. And, uh, so every time I do run in the trails, what, you know, it, it doesn't give me the same kind of peace that hiking does. Um, because I'm so nervous the entire time of, of tripping over some sort of right. root or sliding on a rock. But at the same time, just, I mean, it's the best. Um, <laughs> so, so I think I'm, I'm, I want to slowly transition into being a trail runner okay. in my heart. But, uh, but for ease and for um, the community that I found here in New York is mostly a road running kind of group. So I've been you know, sticking with that for the last couple of years. Where, where were you in the desert hiking? Um, I, the first time I went out desert hiking really was a, just a handful of years ago. Oh, maybe it's longer than I think. Um, but I went out to Sedona, Arizona a few, uh, like 2007. Okay. I think that might've been the first time desert hiking. And then a few years later, um, I was working in Las Vegas for a month and, 
the very last day um, was the only day that I had even remotely any time off. Mm-hmm. So I took the company rental car and drove out to the desert for, you know, at 6 a.m. I talked to a guide and off I went um, all on my own. I All I had with me was a purse full of five bottles of water because I didn't even <laughs> bring a backpack with me. I wasn't expecting to go hiking. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, within 20 minutes of the trail, I got completely lost had no cell phone service, was not following a trail at all, as I came to discover about four hours later. Um, but because I had taken so many photos on the way, I was able to like breadcrumb trail my way <laughs> back. Because <laughs> I, discover, I discovered about, you know, a couple hours into the hike is when I realized I wasn't actually on a trail this entire time. Right. So that's why I had to be like, oh man, I am really, I'm literally out in the Mojave by myself. It is you know, 10, now it's like 10 a.m. I have to be at work at noon. <laughs> I've already slipped and fallen and like got scraped up by a cactus. Like, what do I do? But at the same time, was just so happy. Like out in the desert, you, all you hear is the wind mm-hmm. and your own thoughts. Whereas growing up on the East Coast, uh, I mostly hiked, in, you know, in the Appalachia, mm-hmm. in Catskills, things like that, where it's, you know, there's a lot of c- cover and a lot of more roots and a lot more noises because of animals being around you and you can hear them right you know rustling through the leaves with you so the desert you don't have any of that it's just you and the wind and that's like that's when i fell in love for sure that's awesome that, that, that sounds amazing <laughs> not the getting lost part you know but like i did, did, I did the rest find my it. way back good it's not a story my mom likes to hear <laughs> <laughs> that's understandable um so uh how did you start running? Had you always been an active person? Was there something that sort of triggered it off to lead you or to, to, to lead you down the, the path to running? Um, I was never a runner growing up. In fact, actively avoided it. Um, but I was an athlete. Mm-hmm. So starting very young, because um, there's not a lot of youth activities I found, at least growing up in Connecticut, like I wasn't, I didn't want to play soccer and that's kind of all you do at, you know, five years old, six years old, seven, you know, kind of age. Um, or at least I don't remember. I think my brother and sister played and I don't, I guess I had no interest. My mom enrolled me in cheerleading. And so, uh, discovered that through cheerleading, I mean, I was a cheerleader for, I think third grade through eighth grade. I mean, it was a long time and it was just, it's like Pop Warner. So it's, you know, it's not school related. Sure. Um, but discovered what it meant to be on a team Mm -hmm. and when it meant to be a, you know, part of something. And also, you know, while I was cheerleading, I was always the base because I'm I was always tall. I was always, you know, a little more, um, in that sense, like stronger. And so, I found the athleticism in cheerleading because don't let people tell you that cheerleading is not a sport. It very much is. Oh, absolutely. I, um, I, I've seen some of those like competitions. They, oh, yeah. they are athletes. <laughs> and so when I hit middle school, um, you know, now, now I'm in school and they're, they're offering sports up. I wanted to join. They didn't, again, they didn't have a ton of options, but I wanted to do something. So I did join track and field. Okay. And now, um, I liked all of the field events. I hated, hated the running events. Um, And so, but to be part of the team, you had to run something. Mm -hmm. And so you can't be part of the field events, which I did shot put and discus. And so again, I think part of it because of my cheerleading had strong arms and strong legs. So shot put and discus was kind of like, I was launching things that a sixth grader should not have been (laughs) launching. But because of it, they ended up putting me in like the 50, 100, 200, you know, yard dashes. And then eventually they put me on, you know, a 200 person relay and, and things. And, and we never practiced it though. So that was the tricky part of it is that, um, I came in dead last every single, every single meet, um, without fail. Like they let me practice the shot and put discus, but mm-hmm. like the very first time I ran a race that had to have a relay, I had never held a baton before. I had never handed it off before. <laughs> wait, so wait, so you didn't, practice the running part like no. why I mean I mean, I mean that, that like that's on your fault like, yeah now who knows looking back on it maybe I was just complaining that I was like I don't like running anyway so who cares I didn't it never bothered me sure. in the sense of you know I mean it wasn't something that you wanted to do anyway yeah but so. <laughs> that's some that that is some poor coaching on their part probably um by eighth grade they had gotten rid of track and field so I joined basketball again 
played the entire season. Oh, oh, where'd you go? There you are. Sorry. I clicked something on my screen. Can you still see me? Yeah, I can. I can. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I won't touch my computer again. Um, and so I've now lost you again. Oh, no. <laughs> How do I do this? Well, can okay, you still back. hear sorry. me? <laughs> yes, I can still hear you. Sorry. Okay. That's all um, that matters then. So sorry. It's so. Okay. Uh, played basketball for a season, never having learned anything how to play the sport. Um, every single picture my mom has of me playing the game, I was literally taking the ball. Again, I was tall, and I could run fast um, for short distances because of the track. But um, in a track setting, I was very slow. But on a mm -hmm. basketball court, I was very fast. Right. Um, but every picture she has of me is I have the basketball behind my ear as if it was a shot put. <laughs> I never actually learned any of the plays. I have, no, I still to this day have no idea how to play basketball, even though I was on the team for a whole season. Um, so by the time I hit high school, sorry, long story. That's okay. Um, that's when I discovered volleyball, mm -hmm. and volleyball really—that's when I finally felt like I found my the right sport for me. Um, it incorporated uh, needing powerful legs and mm -hmm. and and controlled arms and all of this and team sport and everything. And I loved it. Um, again, I was one of the taller players. Um, but running was always treated like the redheaded stepchild. It was the punishment. <laughs> it was the, you showed up late now go run laps. You right. don't, you don't get to, you know, play the sport. Um, it was part of conditioning, but again, like even, you know, or also in high school gym class, like whenever there was like the whatever, how many times a year they made you run a mile, right. I would start running and then slow to a walk and then just be that girl that like finished in a, you know, how long can I, you know, wait this class out before this, <laughs> you know, mile is actually over. I mean, I was, I think I was like 20 minute, 24 minute. I was going as slow as possible. You know, it's just not something I ever liked. Um, but volleyball was, was my jam. That was it. So I played on, you know, I started playing year round and I started playing at the high school level. I started playing on a junior Olympic play level. I think I played for the state wow. team one year. Um, yeah, it was it was my absolute favorite. And I had a coach over the summer once. Um, they had us partner with the local college, and they, you know, with the college coaches. And that's when he, you know, got us into the weight room, which the high school didn't necessarily do. Um, and then he got us out on the track and I discovered, uh, he wanted everyone doing a six or seven minute mile, okay. which, you That's know, for the girl fast. who was walking a 20 minute mile, <laughs> you know, everyone else, you know, would take off like a shot. And I was again, always in the back and always behind everyone. And when I did really, really, really try hard and really push myself, um, I would wake up face down on the track with bloody knees Oof. and found out after going to the doctor being like, I'm really trying hard. Why can't I do this? Discovered that because of my low blood pressure, mm -hmm. when I go from zero to trying to run, you know, an attempt at anything, you know, six minute mile, which is just not in my makeup. It's not in my DNA. Right. Um, I would actually just pass out. And oh. so, <laughs> so I wasn't, awful. I wasn't getting the oxygen to the brain I needed anyway. So, I've always avoided running, um, but I was always an athlete. I, when I went off to college, I continued playing volleyball, but only in a club sport manner. After college, because of my work as a lighting designer and, and working in theater, I didn't work out. I didn't run. I didn't do anything because my work was labor intensive. And mm -hmm. so climbing ladders, lifting heavy things, I was in kind of great shape just because I was lifting on a daily basis, you right. know, 20 pound items over and over and over again. Um, but it was probably, it was 20, 2014 when I finally started, when I discovered running. Um, so it's really not that long ago that I finally figured out that I actually do like it. It just, uh, or I pretend to like it maybe. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I found it again. So that's, Okay, that was a really long way to get to 2014. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. You know, that's, that's, that's quite the journey. Yeah, so, I mean, at that point, when 2014 hit, I had finished grad school in 2008. 
Um, now we are long gone from college. We are long gone from me being an electrician, you know, lifting, picking things mm -hmm. up and putting things down. I've now moved into more, um, uh, managerial and boss-like roles in my career. And I'm, I'm now the lighting designer as opposed to the electrician. So I just point and tell someone else to do it. So it was 2014, it was spring. And I can remember very clearly when uh, I, uh, something clicked in my brain is that I was out grocery shopping um, and it was a spring day. And on my way home, carrying a handful of bags, started pouring rain. Oof. That's, and so I was worst. like, oh, it's just like one of those like out of the blue storm, you know, sunny day all of a sudden and then horrible storm. But so you're completely unprepared for it. And I tried to run home and realized I couldn't go more than a block. <laughs> I couldn't run one block without like having to, you know, find a, a overhang to t catch my breath. Then I tried to run, you know, the three blocks home and it was just miserable. And that's when it really, 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 really hit me that I was no longer an athlete, that there was nothing left in me that was uh, able to have any sort of endurance or, you know, and it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. It really did. So, I'm, you know, now I'm in my, you know, uh, mid thirties and discovering that I'm like, ah, oh, everything I ever, ever thought about myself was just gone. So... <laughs> so then you, you picked up running. Um, sure. It's made it sound so easy. I, <laughs> <laughs> so then I just started running and then I was great. No, um, uh, a friend of mine was doing a couch to 5k program. I think that was that year. Mm -hmm. Um, she had posted about it on, on Facebook and she was a mom and she's, you know, out in New Jersey and she posted that she was using this, this app called couch to 5k and, you know, kind of posting her progress. And, and so I reached out to her, I said, well, what, what is that? And, and so she, you know, she's like, oh, if you download the same app, we like, we can encourage each other. I said, okay, that sounds great. So I did. And, uh, and that's how I got started with the running. Um, and then shortly thereafter is when I started posting about it on Facebook being like, I want to do these things. I'm trying to run, uh, you know, something like that. And that's mm -hmm. when Terry reached out to me about November project. <laughs> nice. That's great. Um, <clears throat> so now you've been running for several years. Uh, what, what drew you to distance running like the, you know, the 15 Ks, the half marathons, the fulls, um, what sort of got, got you down to, to going longer and longer? I think, a little bit of a, like a combination of encouragement of others around me. Um, mm -hmm. Once I joined November Project, and I was definitely sporadic when I first joined because I uh, had also just signed up for a like, <laughs> boot camp class that was like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, which is mm -hmm. the exact same time frame at the time. Right. November Project was only Wednesdays and Fridays, but um, but it was the exact same time. So I, you know kind of had to make a choice if I wanted to do this paid for boot camp, <laughs> trying to get stronger, um, versus the, the free fitness workout. Right. Exactly. But, um, I'm also one of those people, if I pay for it, I know I'll show up. <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, it, I think it was a combo of people in, around me watching them do it. Mm -hmm. Um, and also just wanting to know what my body was capable of. Um, I think I, I am, I'm not, uh, and I don't actually know if you know this, Nick, I, I am not a, a hundred percent well person. Mm -hmm. Um, my body, I have, uh, both rheumatoid arthritis as well as fibromyalgia. Okay. So because of those diagnoses and, and things like that, I am someone that like, I live in pain on a daily basis. And so exercise is actually something that helps that pain, but mm -hmm. trying to convince your body and your brain that you want to get up and move when everything just kind of hurts and you just want to like, all you, your, your brain wants to do is just lay there. Yeah. Um, but there, I mean, there's just been proven time and time again with myself as well as scientific data that like exercise and movement is actually a positive thing, uh, to these, to these diseases. Um, it's, it's a mental thing for me as well is that, you know, can I do a 5k? Can I do a 10k? Can I do a half marathon? Um, and 
I just kind of wanted to see if I could. I think that's, that's kind of what it was. I mean, when I start, when I very first started running, I didn't think I was a runner when I signed up for my first race. Mm-hmm. Um, and did it very much, uh, at the prodding of a friend that had nothing to do with NP, but an, a, another runner friend. Um, and so had that, and it was a half marathon. So he was like, okay, I'm like, I haven't even run two miles yet. Like I can't even run two miles on my own. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? I'm going to do a half marathon. And he was like, yeah, just sign up. It's, you know, it's months and months from now. We'll get you there. So it was, it was, it was that encouragement from others saying, no, you can, you can do this. Like if you, if you, you know, if you want to, we can get you there. So. Yeah. I mean that, that encouragement and that, and that support, which is, it is a, it's a staple in the running community. I, I feel like, I mean, I'm sure that it's in other sports and other activities as well, but I know at least in, in our running world, like there is, there really is such a high level of support and encouragement from, from people who are like, I mean, just as, 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 as you said, if you want to do this, there, there's always help to, 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 to get you to whatever your goal is. Yeah. Um, and it's, it is one of the, the, the beautiful things about the, the running <laughs> community that that's you odds are, you, you know, somebody who is more than happy to, to help you get out, get out the door and, um, and, and get the work done. Yeah. I also did not know about your two diagnosis. I don't think Terry ever mentioned them to me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Which you know is obviously an, an 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 added potential barrier for you, and you know it it's. I think that speaks to the strength of, of your yourself, of your your character, and of your body. To, you know, it it would be very easy to let those things become excuses to not do a thing, and you push that aside and and still go out and you get your runs in and you train, <laughs> and that's an incredibly ad, admirable thing to do. And also I, I, again, I hope as I told you before we, we started recording, that's something that I think other people and other runners who, who have similar issues or the same ones, I hope that they see that as a source of, of encouragement of, of your, you're an example of a person who has these things and you, you find a way to do something that you want to do uh, mm-hmm. and, and that it is it is possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have to say, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not perfect. It definitely, uh, I, I feed into the excuses every now and again myself. We but, all do. That's okay. But it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's definitely something that, uh, I think the fibromyalgia, I got diagnosed when I was 20. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I got diagnosed, diagnosed, uh, they said I had probably already had it for 10 years, mm-hmm. um, just based off of like, the list of things. Um, cause there was, there's really no, there's no way of testing for fibromyalgia. It's, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a checklist of, do you match these things? There is no like blood diagnosis. There mm-hmm. is no like, Oh, take a scan and you can see it. Right. Um, so you just kind of have to go off of, you know, well, no, I feel this and that hurts and then, boom, you know, kind of thing. Uh, and so when I first got diagnosed, you know, my mom also has it. So she, I mean, that's kind of why she brought, brought mm-hmm. me to the doctor. Cause she was like, oh, everything you're complaining of, I'm, I have that too. Like yeah. I, and then part of her was, you know, holding off on getting the diagnosis. Cause she knows that there's not a ton you can do about it. Um, there is medications and different things, but I'm also of the, the mindset, like if I can avoid a medication mm-hmm. and find a different way of, uh, healing my body, you know, I, I would much rather do that. Um, cause I just, I just know, you know, medications are absolutely there, you know, serve a purpose and are there for a reason. Um, but if I can also make a, you know, health lifestyle choice of being more active to help it, you know, or, uh, things like, you know, I'm, I'm now gluten-free, mm-hmm. uh, because of them, because of the rheumatoid arthritis, they, they recommended that. And lo and behold, it certainly helps a whole lot. Um, who knew? That's great. So, so it's the kind of thing that, uh, you know, that fibromyalgia got diagnosed at 20. I got the rheumatoid. I got diagnosed somewhere in my late twenties. I want to mm-hmm. say it was while I was in grad school. Um, and so, 
it's something that I've just known for so long that it, it isn't, I don't even think about it anymore. Like I don't recognize that it might be something that other people might want to hear about or think about because it's just me. It's just, it's right. just what I do. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, and, and that, which, which makes sense. Like you've, you've, you lived for it for so many years that, that for you, like this is just your d daily life. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but like, did had I not already known you and if I, I were coaching you, you know, I, I am coaching you, but if, if I coached you, if I'm coaching you now, if I didn't know you before and you, you told me those things and that you were doing the work as I give you, I, I would see that as, as a, oh, maybe I have other runners who also have those mm. issues and they're giving me excuses on why they're not doing things, which may be perfectly valid. Maybe things are, are really not, not, not feeling great and, and they, and they need a break, but I think hearing from somebody else who, who like hearing from, from someone who, who also ha, who deals with those issues and um, makes the, the, the conscious decision, even though for you, like this is a, a daily thing that, that, that you, you've, you've lived with, um, you are still making that, that decision to go out and make these, these changes to your lifestyle um, in terms of, of food and diet, but also in terms of exercise. Um, you know, like that, that can be extremely encouraging to somebody else who is nervous about, about taking on something like that. But if they mm -hmm. know that there are other people who have and have seen improvement and, and are doing better because of it, you know, the hope is that they'll feel, feel maybe uh, empowered to take it on themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now that you have been doing some distance running for a few years now, um, do you, do you have a preferred distance? Um, no, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's okay. What, what I've done, I've only done one marathon. Mm -hmm. uh, I have trained three times for marathons, only been able to actually run one, mm -hmm. uh, for just different circumstances, had to pull out twice. Um, but I think the marathon is not for me. I think that is, I think part of, uh, I'm going to try again this year, mm -hmm. but, uh, cause I, I still want to do better than the first time I did it. That that's still like a driving thing in my brain. I, I really want to do it. Yeah. But I think my body, I think I have to just recognize that, that for me, it's, it's maybe not the distance, uh, that's best for my, for my body. Mm -hmm. But, um, I do like half marathons because I feel like I can go out and run nine miles fine. Mm -hmm. And it's that nine to 13, you know, nine to 13 section. That's, that's where it gets hard. Right. And, and I don't mind a hard moment. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, I like to be able to casually just say, Oh, I can just go run 10 miles. No biggie. Like, <laughs> and, and have that be feeling, you know, an accomplishment. So, uh, I mean, really, you know, I don't have a, necessarily a preferred distance. Um, because I think I'm still discovering what it is that I do and don't love about running in general. That's yeah. And, that, and that's, so, that, that's fair. And I think so. Yeah. So I think there's something to find within each distance to love. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just, uh, you're still discovering what those yeah, things are for sure. For sure. Okay. Um, Actually, I'm 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 curious when when you're in, in in a half marathon and and you're going from 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 nine to thirteen. Um, what do you think? Where where does that sort of start to become particularly challenging? Um, a lot of it is the mental, mm -hmm. for sure, because you're you've already gone nine. Why isn't this thing over yet? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> it's a little bit of that. Um, the only half marathons I've done have been in New York city mm -hmm. as well. Uh, and so I find that, uh, it, I mean, my favorite one for sure. My favorite half is the Brooklyn half. There's, there's no question there. And I know a lot of people don't necessarily love it. Um, because there's a whole middle section, which is flat and not a lot of people cheering and through neighborhoods that, you know, oh, there's not a lot out there. Yeah. Um, but I don't mind that. And it's also, it, I mean, it's a special place in my heart because one it's, it, that was my very first race ever, mm -hmm. um, signed up for the Brooklyn half marathon. I went, okay, let's see. And then when I hit the boardwalk at the end and you see 
the Coney Island um, parachute jump. I mean, it just made, it brought me to tears the first time I ran that because I was just so ha- like it's just so exciting. And my mom's from Brooklyn. I grew up in Brooklyn to a degree, mm-hmm. um, so it, it definitely holds a special place in my heart. But but yeah, from the nine to thirteen, um, in other New York City races, always seems to have like why do they end on a hill? Why is it so mean? <laughs> Why you've already run nine miles? Why? Why now are we introducing the hardest part of the race? <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> that's that's a fair assessment. Like why? Why did they think running your last, you know, eight hundred meters straight uphill was a good idea? <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just mean. I don't know. <laughs> so I oh, haven't I seen agree. a lot of. <laughs> I want to talk to those race course designers someday. <laughs> I. I sometimes feel like they like sit in, in, in like, like a tiny room and like, okay, where can we add in a hill right when they really hate us? Just so they hate us a little bit more. <laughs> like there has, to be, there has to be somebody who has like a map with them. It's like, okay, okay. If we adjust the course right here and make them go right instead of left, there's another little incline right right here. <laughs> and we'll put the A station right there so that now they're running uphill and trying to drink some water makes it that much harder. Yeah. And that's the same for the New York City half. Like all of a sudden <laughs> you you've gotten through everything, you're back in Manhattan and then you get they give you Fifth Avenue, which is long uphill. It's not it's not as straight uphill, it's not the biggest incline. No, but it's just long. It's long. It's long, <laughs> yeah. So just, just cruel. <laughs> I, 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 I would highly recommend it, uh, if you're uh, able to, is to find some, some halves that are not in the city. <laughs> um, mostly because like the NYC half and the Brooklyn half are, are, are to certain people measurable in, in very different ways. Um, but there are a lot of really pretty courses that, have some like rolling hills that are truly like rolling hills and not our quote-unquote like rolling hills that are just devastating um <laughs> but like the, the the gentle sort of rolling hills we're like okay the, there's not much of an, of an incline there's not much of a decline this is just sort of fine um mm-hmm. those can be really nice um and if they have like some like decent sort of like crowd support it makes for a really nice experience. Um, one of the the, the marathons uh, I, I I ran in Delaware has a half, uh, yeah, because the marathon course was two loops of the, of the half course, um, and it it was very very nice. It was warm that year, which is sad for me, but um, it it had really nice crowd support, sort of everywhere. Uh, there were a few sparser areas, but even then, there were, like, little kids, like, sitting outside their house, handing you water that they brought from home. It was very cute and very sweet. Mm. Um, and, like, those things make a race experience that much better. Uh, whereas with the NYC half and the Brooklyn half, um, it's a whole, you know, it's the city. So, like, it's a whole lot of strangers who are cheering for you, which is, which is nice. But sort of having that sort of more localized kind of hometown feel can be very pleasant. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely see the appeal of it. But I think also for me, I'm a little spoiled with running in New York City and mm-hmm. having discovered it here because the crowds are just everywhere. And there's such it's a true. huge, huge, huge running community, which I mean, I honestly prior to starting running, I had no idea existed. Absolutely. Like I've been in New York city since 2001 and quite literally never, never knew that, you know, thousands upon thousands of people do this on a daily basis and love it and, and sign up for races and have run clubs and different things. And, um, for me, I like to say that I still don't love running, but I love racing. Mm-hmm. Um, because now that I don't work in theater as much, um, I don't have the same kind of daily life community that theater provided me in which uh, everyone always works towards the same goal. In theater, like you you collaborate, you work together, and then it culminates to a final product that, you know, 
you have worked months for together. Mm-hmm. And the first time I ran a race, um, that's, I found, I found that I felt that exact same feeling that I had been missing mm-hmm. once I stopped doing theater. Um, and I have to say, I didn't stop doing theater. I just don't do it as much. Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I found that in the running community, all of a sudden I, you know, I could equate it to training for months and months. And then when you get to the start line, look around and there's thousands of people with you. Um, and then, and then also, you know, people on the course cheering for you. So, so I love the idea of racing because I love being with people and I love working together. Um, so I, I have, I've hesitated to go towards smaller races and smaller towns things because I'm, I'm so scared that I'm going to get out there and just be by myself. And that's the whole thing is that, you know, I'm okay training by myself. I don't mm-hmm. love it. I really love running in groups and I really love, you know, having friends to meet up with. Um, but I, I don't know if I could do a race that way. I've talked to several friends that definitely do that, um, that, you know, you're out there. And, you know, again, small town race or, you know, a handful of of locals. I don't I don't know if that's for me and I haven't tried it. So I can't say it isn't. But but just knowing the feeling I have when in New York races that, you know, when it's so full. Right. um, Which can also be equally as frustrating when you're stuck in a pack and you just can't seem to get around them. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's annoying. That's definitely frustrating. But um, but uh yeah, I, I should give it a go. I should give it a try. <laughs> I just haven't done it yet. But one day. Um, <laughs> uh, but speaking of, of, of racing, um, can you tell us about maybe one of the, the, the best runs or races that you've, you've ever been on or experienced? Oh. Um. I think one that maybe surprised me that I didn't know I was going to love, uh, was a 5k and mm-hmm. it was a couple of years ago. It was the, um, formerly known as Coogan's 5k, uh, yeah. here in New York city. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't even called that the year I did it, but everyone still calls it that. So I, so I can never remember the name, the actual name now, <laughs> but, uh, I had just come off of, uh, that was the year you know, a few months after I ran the New York city marathon, I was feeling good. Um, I can, you know, I had continued my training after that marathon. Mm-hmm. And so I, that, I think that might've been my strongest year in general, but, um, it was, I want to say nine degrees out that day. It was mm-hmm. ridiculously cold, unbearable. Um, I was wearing every layer that could possibly be um, and I had, I had reached out to my running community to say, Hey, can anyone pace me? Cause I want to see, cause I had never run a 5k. I don't think I'd ever run a 5k under 30 minutes at that point. Okay. Um, I had been trying, I never made it, couldn't get there. And so I, I asked my running community, I was like, is there anyone? And I know you won't want to, cause it's a really fun course apparently. <laughs> um, cause again, it has the rolling Hills, um, that are actually fun, um, and short. I was like, can anyone pace me to a nine, like nine thirty? you know, I just, if I can do that, I'll get under 30 minutes. Um, and not a single bite. Everyone said, you know, I'm running my own race. I can't, you know, I can't pace you that day. And I was like, ah, oh, all right, fine. So I just started running at that race and couldn't even feel my left leg. It was so cold. Oh, wow. Um, and just decided that at the get-go, I was like, well, let me just try. Like, let's see where I'm at. Let's see what I am capable of. And at the end of that race, um, I mean, I really, I like, I hit the floor and I looked down at my watch at one point, you know, very early on being mm-hmm. like, I can't even breathe. I cannot breathe, but I'm doing this. And how long can I hold on to this moment of not being able to breathe? Like, mm-hmm. let's see. Cause at some point I'm going to run out of gas. I'm going to have to slow down. I might even have to walk. Like I might've pushed too hard. Um, and at the end of that race, uh, not only did I make it under the, you know, 30 minute mark, it's still to my, to the day, like my fastest 5k ever. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think the, the average was like a nine minute mile. That's amazing. Um, and so going from someone who, you know, every other 5k, it was like a 10 40, 10 30, something like that. Like I really, 
That's a huge drop, Melissa. It was like, a, it was it was huge for me, like at the time, and I really like I lost it. I was so excited and so happy, um, and still have never been able to get back to it again. <laughs> but, but I like to say that like maybe it was because it was so cold and I couldn't feel the pain. I just kept going. <laughs> I, I um, mean, I'd but laugh, because, but that's that's entirely possible. It's entirely possible. There's always a factor of like it, whether you know weather plays mm. a huge huge role in your runs, mm -hmm. and so uh, you know maybe I just kept going as fast as I could because I was <laughs> I'm just trying to stay warm. Um, but I remember it being so fun. So that's you know that's one of my favorite mm -hmm. moments in running that I remember that you know. But but honestly, one of my like my truly favorite moments in running is the first time I ever ran four miles straight all on my own. Mm -hmm. Like oh my god, I had to call my friends to tell them I did it. You know, <laughs> like that was when I was doing the couch to five k thing and 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 you know, uh, made it to the point where I could run four miles and I. Just, I never want to get, you know, forget that memory of being like, I just did that. Like I was able to not stop, not walk, you know, I had no idea that my body was capable of it at the time. And so that's, yeah, for sure. One of my favorite, just, you know, training runs. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a big, a big moment for, for, I think for a lot of us who, who have not been running our entire lives, who came into it largely as adults, um, you know, I will never forget the day I ran a mile without stopping and I will never forget my first 5k or four miles where I didn't have to walk or where I didn't where or finished and didn't feel like death. Yeah. Um, and I, I hope that I never forget those moments <laughs> because that's where I started from. And I, I don't want to for, forget that. And it doesn't, it doesn't quite matter that I've, I've run and you've run, much longer since then. Um, but like, those are, those are incredible achievements, like at a very particular time where they needed to be these big moments. Um, because it, that was in encouragement. So the, I, I can internal in encouragement of I built to this so I can build to longer. Mm -hmm. And like, that's a big moment. For sure. For sure. That was, I mean, I feel like, you know, I also go in cycles throughout the year where mm -hmm. I, you know, um, take time off. And when I come back, you know, have to remind myself that like running one mile really is important mm -hmm. and really is an achievement. And so, you know, if you take time off and whether it be because you're in recovery mode or because of injury mode or whatever it may be, or just life got busy, you know, taking the step out and, and getting in, you know, one, two miles, three miles, something, um, you know, sometimes feels like starting from scratch again. Yeah. Um, but luckily, you know, the body is uh, malleable and mm -hmm. <laughs> has uh, has muscle memory. And so you'll you'll I feel like at least for me, like I'm able to get back to where I was, you know, hopefully, you know, sooner than later. But but that first mile back uh, is always a good, you know, achievement and, and feeling like, you know, it's nothing to snuff at, basically. Oh, totally. You know, I. <laughs> I think I think at one time or another, most of the coaches I work with have been injured and have had to to sort of rebuild, and like that's a long process. But um, it it's better to to take it slow and and take those um, mini like achievements so that you, know, you don't build up too fast, so that you don't get re-injured. Um, and so I think being able to recognize that every mile you're 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 able to do is an achievement. Um, and that before you know it, you know, your, your, your fitness will, will come back and mm -hmm. you'll be able to, to get back out there and, and, and run the, the distances that you want to run. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, so the, the, the flip side now, uh, what about one of your worst runs? We've all had them. I, I feel like this, you can just name any run this past year. <laughs> This past year, I well, because I was mostly I was injured for a good majority right. of the past of 2018. Um, so, what ended up ultimately being tendonitis, um, mm -hmm. and, but I didn't know it at the time because I thought it was just shin splints. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I spent the most majority of this past year like I would go out. I feel like I can run. I feel like I'm doing. You know, going to have the best run of my life. And then literally one mile in, I get this searing pain and have to stop. Mm -hmm. And so that was just like, you know, over and over and over again, uh, for this past year. Um, 
so it took it took a long time to for that to not happen anymore. And you know, knock on wood, it hasn't happened <laughs> for for many many months now. So it's good. Um, but uh, I mean, the worst race would definitely be this past New York City half that was mm-hmm. just uh, what a month ago. Yeah, um, a little over a month ago. Yeah. That was definitely the worst race ever. I had prepared for it. I had I had. Um, it was a year ago I had to defer it because that mm-hmm. because of that tendonitis. And so here I am like coming up to it again and a little nervous, frankly, because, you know, majority of last year, every time I signed up for a race, I would have to cancel right before it or the races I did get to get through. It was just miserable and horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so leading up to this one, you know, now I, now I've been healthy. I, you know, I'd been running like starting in January. I basically promised myself I'd run like one mile every day mm-hmm. in January just to, cause I, at that point I really hadn't been running. Like I'd taken, you know, probably four or five months off, mm-hmm. um, for different life reasons as well as just the, trying to get over that injury. But, um, so I really built up slow in January. And so but, you know, started feeling stronger, started feeling better, started feeling like every run was good and correct and getting to that half mile, uh, sorry, half marathon race. And then life threw me a, you know, a curveball. And right before the race, um, I was sent out of town for work uh, to Sedona, Arizona, which was great. Um, however, uh, for 10 days, I was working in the desert. I was... Um, uh, working extremely long hours. Mm-hmm. And so all of my training, you know, the, literally the 10 days prior to the race just went out the window. I, I couldn't run. I didn't have any time. I honestly, because of work was not drinking enough water. Um, I, you know, life gets distracting. And before you knew it, I flew back on the Friday, went to the expo on Saturday, races Sunday. And yes. That's when I woke up, when I woke up for the morning of the race, I knew I was dehydrated. There was no question in my brain that, I just didn't feel right. And so within the first, you know, couple miles of that race, uh, everything started seizing up on me. All my, all my body parts were just craving some sort of moisture and no matter how much water or Gatorade I drank on the course was not going to get me there. And so it ended up being a really terrible race. I mean, just, just body, like I was just in pain the whole time and, uh, ended up being one of my slowest halves ever. But more, again, I think it was around, you know, hit the nine mile mark Mm -hmm. and mental just took over. Um, I just fell apart. Um, So, you know, I was able to to muster through the first nine miles, you know, knowing that I was dehydrated and not feeling great. But then once I hit that moment, my mental took over and took me to an even darker place. Um, And along the way, like right when you enter into Central Park, which is the very last bit of the race, you know, yeah. you're, you're entering into like what mile 12 or something. Yeah. Something like that. Um, I ran into some of my, uh, Nova project teammates and it wasn't the cheer station that it was, that was still to come. Mm-hmm. They were, you know, for whatever reason earlier, uh, in the course and I just stopped and I just cried and I just mm-hmm. like, hug them for a few minutes. And I realized that I was like, well, good luck. You know, there's no time is out the window. There is no like pace that I need to hit anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've already, you know, I've already missed those marks anyway, but at this point in the race, I was just like, I just need a mental break. Yeah. Totally. And so I took it, I, you know, I took the time, you know, said hi to them, cried on their shoulders <laughs> for a little bit. And then I finished the race and, and, um, so yeah, so physically and mentally it was like just the worst. So. <laughs> well, I, I hope that Brooklyn is better is better for you. I hope so too. It's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I think you you sort of touched on uh, a, a lot of things in, in my next two two questions. Um, mm-hmm. What do you find challenging about running, and what do you get out of it? Um, I'll just say the what do I get out of it is community for sure. Mm-hmm. There's there's no question about that. Um, having since having started running, especially joining November project, um, for me, like I said before, I just had no idea that this entire community of people existed. And now I'm discovering that it's not just New York city, it's all over the world. Mm -hmm. And so now that I'm paying attention to, um, different 
marathon, you know, races all over the world. I mean, I'm not going to go do them, but <laughs> I'm excited when other people are, uh, and just real, you know, I'm actually following, you know, and paying attention to, to runners, to their careers, to mm -hmm. their, you know, achievements, which I mean, no way I've like, there's no other sport I do that with. Right. <laughs> I'm not, I don't, you know, uh, I'm happy to go watch a live sport anywhere and any, any type of sport, but I don't, I don't pay attention. I don't, you know, <laughs> I don't pay attention to the players necessarily. I pay attention to the teams. Um, right. And with running, there isn't necessarily a team mm -hmm. to pay attention to. It is, it is, you know, individuals. Um, but so yeah, for sure, community. Because again, I, you know, some of my closest friends now um, that I have, I definitely would have never had prior to running. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. Um, you know, working in theater and and. Uh, if live events, you, you work with a small community of people. I mean, it actually is quite large. It's just worldly. Like I know people all over the world because of it, but you, you, re you recognize that how tiny the world is. Um, but I don't really go outside of those circles. Yeah. And so now with running, you know, I have all of these runner friends that I quite honestly don't necessarily know what they all do for a living and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And that's good. Um, and I may have very different, uh, political views from them or, you know, there's a, a lot of them are giant, you know, age differences. Um, and so it's not necessarily people that I would have necessarily met before. Right. So I, I definitely think the community is the best thing I get out of it in terms of what was your other question? What is the, uh, what do you find challenging? What do I find challenging mm -hmm. every minute, every, <laughs> every time getting out the door? Um, the challenge, the first challenge is actually getting out the door to go do it. So that's why it's the afternoon and I still haven't gone for my run yet. That's okay. Um, <laughs> so that's for sure the, to the challenge. Uh, I think a challenge that I think I'm winning the battle on more than, um, certainly more so lately, is not comparing myself to anyone else. Mm -hmm. I think that is as often um, something, you know, because we're in races, we are timed, we are... Uh, you will be told if you are, you know, faster or slower, which some people will equate to better or worse, which I don't yeah. think aren't, you know, like that's not the right comparison. It's totally not. Um, and so trying to compare myself to myself, uh, is also the challenge because again, mm -hmm. like I said before, like, you know, I was feeling great in, you know, 2016, 2017, and then I had a terrible 2018. Um, and coming off of that, trying, you know, I definitely want to try to get back to where I was, mm -hmm. uh, but I need to also recognize um, that's who I was a couple of years ago. That's not who I am now. So if I don't ever get back to that nine minute 5K um, pace, I, I need to learn to be okay with that, to be with, you know, recognizing that that was a great time and great day and, you know, apparently nine degree weather is, is my jam, but, um, maybe that's, maybe that's all it was. Um, but recognizing, you know, not, I need to compare myself to my future self, not my past self. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that that's a challenge for a lot of runners is, um, trying, trying to sort of navigate that, that, uh, question of who and what should I be comparing myself to um, because it, 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 it's tricky I think it's some in some instances it's entirely appropriate to compare yourself to your your, your, your past self if circumstances and wherever you are physically are, are similar if they're not then it, it's not worth it um, mm -hmm. but if I actually, I, I think Meg has a very healthy perspective on it. Is is uh, she you know, tries to sort of only uh, com compare herself to who she was like the day before, because um, anything can change from day to day. It could be you know, especially here. You know, we can have a forty degree weather day one day, and then the next it's ten degrees. Um, and so, like, what you're able to do physically and and what you're able to achieve on, on those days can be very different. And so it's, um, it's, it's sort of learning where and how to compare what, what to what, um, mm -hmm. you know, and that, that's, that's always its own, its own challenge. 
you know, I, I would love to get back to 2015 Nick who PR'd everything um, <laughs> and then hasn't touched any of them since. Um, but that's also okay if I, if I don't, because you know, I, I started coaching actually in that same year. And so like, I love coaching and I'm super happy in that. And that's, that's the way that my running career goes and I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. But anyways, this is this isn't about me. This is about you. <laughs> um, how how uh, you you've actually all, already touched on, on on this a bit too. Uh, how how has writing uh, impacted your relationships with other people? Um, positive and negative. Mm-hmm. Positive is that I have a ton more friends uh, than I ever thought as an adult that I could have. Um, negative in that. Uh, training really takes up your time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, because of that, I don't necessarily, I don't go out as much anymore. I don't, mm. you know, I don't, you know, yes, you know, there's a comparison of 40 year old me versus 20 year old me. I'm not going to go out as much to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just life. But in terms of, um, making those choices about, you know, am I going to, uh, say yes to an activity or this or that. Oh, well, I do have to do my long run on Saturday. So Friday nights are out. Okay. But then I have this and this, you know, so recognizing that, you know, when I do have a goal that I want, uh, to get towards, you know, in a training season or, or cycle that I don't, I become a little bit more of a hermit (laughs) that way. So the only people I see are my running friends. (laughs) Oh, yeah, 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 that 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 happens to all of us. <laughs> so yeah, so I get I gain a community, but also don't hang out with mm-hmm. them. <laughs> it happens, and the, the, the nice thing, at least with like the running world, is that most people in that world totally understand, and because most of them are also doing a long run the next day or on Sunday, and so like, yep, I get it, I'm going home. Yep. <laughs> So, yep, different, uh, it's just changed my focus is basically mm-hmm. what it is. Very important last question. Mm-hmm. Um, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, or The Hunger Games? Books or movies? Uh, no question. There's a, This is a question? There's no question. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> you are, I think, the second person to say Lord of the Rings? <laughs> And I've recorded like seven of these. <laughs> really? Really. Come on, guys. Ugh. A lot of people go for Harry Potter, myself included. Really? No. So, I mean, mm. <laughs> I've, read, I've read Harry Potter. I, never, I didn't get through all of the series. I read The Hunger Games. I actually, to, to be perfectly honest, I only read, you know, some of the series of, of Lord of the Rings and Hobbit and that sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a whole other discussion. Um <laughs> If we're talking movies, yeah, no question, Lord of the Rings. Like, that's just phenomenal what they did and how they filmed it. And, um, yeah, I don't know. That's, okay. Okay. it's I mean, no, well, it's, you can't beat a Gandalf. Sorry. <laughs> Look, I, I enjoy Lord of the Rings and, and Harry Potter. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think I happen to prefer Harry Potter, maybe because Terry's only seen Harry Potter. <laughs> Um, and so like, that's like a annual tradition to watch all eight of those movies. Um, whereas, you know, she, she and Catherine and other people have, have volunteered to help them. They have not seen Lord of the Rings. Uh, oh, we can, we need to fix this then. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Cause then maybe that would shift their answers, but I mean, there's just knows. more variety of, um, diversity of character in Lord of the Rings. I think you also have more adult themes in Lord of the Rings than you have in, in Harry Potter, Hunger Games. Um, yeah, I, I want to I wanna hang out with those guys instead of, you know. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's fair. I mean, I, it's still, <laughs> to me, it's, no one so far has said the Hunger Games. I, I, I'm, I'm sort of waiting for the day when, when somebody does. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but, Okay. <laughs> I just Hunger Games the book is way better than the movies oh, totally. for sure totally for sure yeah but still no <laughs> <laughs> all right 
Well, those are all of my questions for you, Melissa. I hope that this has been uh, a fun experience for you and not painful. It's been great. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad. Um, But thank you for coming on, for agreeing to to join me on here. Um, I've had fun. This was a nice conversation. Thanks. Um, And I got to learn some things about you that I did not know. (laughs) And I'm glad I do. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Well, have a great rest of your day. Have a good run. Let me know how it goes. Uh, and for people listening, that's not a creepy question. I'm also her coach, so <laughs> I, I need to know how her run goes. <laughs> I will. I will do that. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. All right. Thanks, All right. Nick. Bye, Melissa. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for stopping by today's episode with Melissa. We hope you enjoyed hearing her story uh, and all the, the things that she has, has overcome to continue in her running journey. Uh, like it's it's inspiring and she's amazing. Uh, and I hope that you, you definitely got something out of it. Um, and just as a quick reminder to our listeners, you know, that's what this, this whole podcast is about is just getting out those stories and reminding people, you know, if this is something that, that you want to go out and, and, and try to do, go for it. Um, you know, and you will find people who will, always be more than happy to, to help you and to guide you. Uh, you know, that's what coach Andy and I do. Um, and you'll meet some of the most amazing people. Uh, and I'm very fortunate that Melissa is, is one of them. And so I was really happy to have the opportunity to, to, to talk to her and, and have her story come out. So one more time, guys, thanks. Thank you for listening and thanks for stopping by.